1: going on Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and we are here with another episode of your Locked On Avalanche. Today is November 7th, 2019, and we have another jam-packed show for you. Uh, Today we are going to discuss some Avalanche news with some players moving up and moving down. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit more about that terrible game from the night before uh, between the Dallas Stars. We're going to hear from Coach Bednar and kind of what he had to say about it. Um, we're going to look forward to the, the Predators game, and uh, we're also going to talk a little bit more about that broken stick rule and see if we can't understand why it wasn't reviewed or reversed or the goal taken away and all that other fun stuff that had to do with that. Uh, some house cleaning in the beginning, however, though, once again, we do have an email up, a Twitter up, an Instagram page up. So follow and uh, on all those social media platforms, Twitter, just search Locked On Avalanche. Our Twitter handle is L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Instagram is Locked On Avalanche and email Locked on avalanche at gmail.com. Pretty simple. Uh, so, all right. Some news coming in from the Avalanche world in terms of players moving up and pl- moving down. <coughs> uh, Jason Menga, who's been up with the team for a little over a week, I think he played in four games. I don't, maybe five, four or five games. Uh, he got reassigned to the Colorado Eagles while TJ Tynan was called up. Um, is this an earth shattering move? By no stretch of the imagination is it. Um, is it. An understandable one? Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, Mengo did not register a single point um, in his short time up with the pros. So why not make a move? Um, Bring up TJ uh, Tynan, which will, um, you know, is it going, you know, nobody's going to replace Miko Rantanen. Let's not kid ourselves. But it's one of those things where he's kind of proven himself uh, not only this year, but last year. Um, so give the guy a shot. You signed him in the off season. Uh, he's going to come up at some point, and now is the perfect time to do it. You tried it with Mega, didn't work. So now you call up Tynan. Maybe throw a little bit of spark into that team. Just some new blood. Uh, is he going to move mountains? I don't anticipate him doing that, especially with his first game being against uh, you know Nashville. Like kind of good luck, kid. Um, but he's he's. He's been around. He he's he knows obviously what he's there for and what to do. And um will it take him a couple games to get going? Let's hope not. Uh but unfortunately that seems to be the case when you call anybody up who hasn't really played in the NHL in a little while. And that's Tynan. Um he's doing very well in, in the minors uh so far this year with Colorado Eagles. Through 12 games, or excuse me, through 10 games, he has 12 points, 2 goals, and 10 assists. Um, kind of a background on him. He was drafted by Columbus. I believe it was in the third round that he was drafted by Columbus. Uh, signed with Vegas. And last year with Vegas's uh, minor league team in the AHL, in 71 games, he had 71 points. Um, so he's he's got the ability. Um, he's a really good skater. He's a fast skater. Uh, his only, the knock on him is he's a little on the undersized scale. Um, he's about 5'8", 165 pounds. So he can play center, he can play right wing. Probably will play right wing because that's what Manga played when he was called up um, to kind of fill that Rantanen spot. So that would be, I can't imagine they would throw him in as a centerman right now. Just would not seem to work. So um, it's a move. Like I said, does it. Move mountains? No. But um, give the kid a chance? Who knows? Maybe it'll strike lightning in a bottle. Um, so kind of moving forward at the same time moving backward. I don't want to dwell too much on the the uh, Dallas Stars game, but it's not so much about just the Dallas Stars game, just as in general, where are the Avalanche now? It's kind of been well documented that they are not doing so well. Um... And it's it's kind of amazing to see the free fall this this team has gone through since what eleven minutes left in the third period of the Florida game. Seemed like they had that game in hand uh, after McKinnon scored the goal to make it three to one, uh, but as everybody knows, that's the most dangerous lead in hockey, and it it bit them. Um, and since then, the Avs just have not not been right. So what do we do? Do we go into panic mode? I'm not. Um, I'm sure I know that there's you know fans and fan faithful and look on social media, but social media was built for people to freak out. So um, and that's exactly what they're doing. I'm not in freak out mode whatsoever. But what do the abs do? Do they make do they make some sort of a deal? I think it's a little early in the season for teams to be wheeling and dealing. Um, but do the avalanche kind of force the issue with somebody that maybe isn't necessarily. "Quote unquote" on the trading block, but kind of reach out to a team just to to gauge their interest in a player. I, I don't. It, that's it's really tough because we're not given answers on how long Rantanen and Landon Scott are going to be out. We know Landon is going to be out longer. We get the week to week thing with with Miko Rantanen, but it, the Avalanche know for sure they're not telling us. I think if they felt both of these guys were going to be out for an extended amount of time. Say Miko Rantanen was going to be out for as long as Landis was. I think they would make some sort of move. I can't say what that would be. I'm not front office type of person that just makes these guesses. Um, that's not for me to say. Would they do it? I do. I think they would. But right now, I don't think that's what anybody's thinking about. I think people are just concerned about five losses in a row. And when you talk about the avalanche and a string of losses, you you instantly go back to the horrible season they had a few years ago which is on record as being one of the worst in NHL history, the drought they had last year when the calendar, or technically, whatever, you know what I mean, 2019 when the calendar turned in January and February. So people get concerned when the avalanche start losing. It's kind of just the nature of the beast with the Colorado avalanche. But if you look at why they're not doing well and when they're not doing well, um, it's kind of consistent. They're not starting games well. They're not finishing games well. They have that middle period where they're doing excellent. If we could play a 20-minute period and call it period two, I think the Avalanche would probably be victors on more of these games than they're losing. But obviously that doesn't... We can't play an NHL game that way. So they have to figure out how to to start these games uh, ready to go and finish these games um, with some effort. Um, Will they get there? I, I... Definitely think they they will. It's obviously going to be stuff that they're working on in their off days. But for just some reason, it's just first period struggles, third period struggles, um, among other things. Obviously, the power play has been awful. Um, and, and it's the, the weird thing about the Avalanche in the third period is they have not scored a goal in the third period in the last three games. Now... Okay, okay, that's is what it is, but they've also only allowed one third period goal in the last three games. So it's like that's really good, but if you told me like you know we would only give up one period one third period goal in three games, you'd feel pretty good about that. But when you don't score, you can't feel good about that. so it's it's tough. Um, I think there was a a tweet. Um, i got to give him credit, who the Twitter handle was. It was from Avalanche Forever. And he put this tweet out. It said, The fact that two of the team's leaders and elite players went down at the same time while uh, riding a hot start to the season is more annoying than riding a five-game losing skid. Colorado Avalanche fans aren't allowed to have nice things. I think that sums it up uh, pretty well. I'm not worried about the five-game losing skid. With the simple fact that they're losing, nobody wants to lose that many games in a row. Um, I'm more concerned that th- they lost two of their top three players back to back. That's concerning. So, can all can Colorado Avalanche fans, uh, are they not allowed to nice have nice things? That's that's pretty much up to you, your interpretation. Um, but it's certainly feeling that way that uh, when when we when we Giveth, they taketh away. So, uh, but that is what it is. But some things that you can have nice is uh, DoorDash. So uh, treat yourself to the meal of your m- the meal you deserve, and have your favorite restaurant come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get five dollars off their first order of fifteen dollars or more
0: when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LockedOn. My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20 easy-feeling wellness. Enjoy
2: every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. (laughs) Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Engstad. To the NFL where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, Sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, so um, after the Dallas game that the Avalanche dropped 4-1, Jared Bednar had a uh, short press conference and uh, some pretty interesting responses. Talks about the broken stick issue um, and some things that went right and went wrong for the Avalanche during that game. So let's listen into that short press conference.
3: I mean, we made a mistake there on the on the first first breakout of the game, right? We turned the puck back and then you know turned the puck over and it ended up in the back of our net so that wasn't an ideal an ideal start for us and then we got into penalty trouble i took one on the challenge and i think we took three more in the first period some um you know so that that kind of put us on our heels and behind the gun and then you know I, i thought it started the second we we were doing some good things again and um but we had some opportunities in the power play, and we, we were we were sloppy with the puck tonight. And just, you know, our execution was not good. We looked like we had a bunch of guys fighting the puck. And we just were unable to capitalize on some of our chances, those power play chances in particular, to try and get us back in the game.
0: Is this stretch especially tough knowing the fact that you guys started you know, on an eight game point streak?
1: And obviously, you know that you're a good team
3: uh well yeah i mean even yeah you know like we, we 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 had a pretty good start to the year we liked it we liked the results we were getting we felt like we had some things to work on so now it seems like we've taken a step backwards in a lot of different areas um so we have to you know put our nose to the grindstone here a little bit and dig through it and it's it's not going to be easy but i think that you know we're still seeing some positive signs but it just seems like now we're squeezing our sticks a little bit and we we're getting out work there at, at times during games, and and even again tonight, and you know, it's, I I feel like we're trying to do too much, so we're just kind of digging ourselves deeper and deeper here.
1: Is it a matter of those things where you just get you know one good thing to happen and you snap out of it?
3: Yeah, I mean, you're looking to get some momentum at the start of a game and come out and have a good first five and then try to continue it and sort of break the game down. And like we said, we have an individual mistake on the first shift of the game and it ends up in the back of our net. And, um, you know, that's not a real good place for our team to be at right now. I like some of the things I was hearing on the bench, but we were just not, like, again, our execution was just not good tonight. I, I, there's a lot of things I didn't like about the game. Um you know, there were some positives, but not as many as we need at this point. What, uh, what were your mindset on that second challenge? We, so, yeah, so second challenge, he shot it and it hit Fax's stick, and you can see his stick break. So I challenged it for us uh, uh, when he touched the puck. It should have been a stoppage. You're playing the puck with a broken stick. But, um, you know, I had a couple questions for the referee first, and then you you – you know when you kind of read through later on in the rule if it's a penalty then they can't they they can challenge it for the stoppage but if it's a penalty then it then they can't overturn the goal so you know that's my mistake i, I take full full blame for that one and uh it ends up in the back of the night. he said it's a strange call because uh you know, if they would have been able to see that it was broken, they, they could have disallowed the goal, but they couldn't see it and on video. It doesn't matter because it's a penalty if he plays it and he can't overturn the goal.
1: All right, so what to make of the comments of uh, Coach Bednar. One is his calm demeanor. If uh, I mean, that's always his style. <clears throat> um, I don't think we've ever really seen him get – frustrated or angry or screaming and yelling like a John Tortorella press conference. That's just not going to happen with Bednar. But um, I, I think it kind of goes in line with kind of what I was saying in the first segment of of not panicking. I think that's kind of what the Avalanche need right now. Um, they don't need to panic. They're, there's The season is still very young. Um, they're still a very good team. Uh, they still are kind of, they're still, I mean, they're a very good team. Like I said, they're a very young team, and they're a very new team. So they're still learning their way. And and I stated it in the last episode that, you know, they got off to a hot start where other teams were kind of gelling, and now it's kind of reversed. Um, I think the Avalanche were taking advantage of teams that were still uh, getting their, their legs under them, <clears throat> and they were benefiting from it. So now they just have to go back to the drawing board, and I think Bednar is the perfect man in the, his demeanor, I think speaks volumes uh, to the, the non-panic in his voice. I think that boils over into the team. Uh, he made a quote that it wasn't ideal start. Uh, no kidding. When you give up a goal 19 seconds in on uh, somebody's home ice, that's obviously never good. Um, again, he, he mentions things about the second period, how they were doing some good things in the second period. Uh, that's it's it's, it's kind of well known right now. Um, get in the if the avalanche can get through the first and get through that that first twenty minutes, even right now, getting through that first five minutes, like he said, um, that's that's a that's a that's a positive. So then get into the second. The way things are going right now, um, I think their chances are a lot better if they're in a good position heading into the second. Um, and when I say good p- good position, I mean either tied or in the lead. Because because right now, if they're down. Um, Obviously it's a struggle uh, Obviously he said they said That they've taken a step backwards In certain areas I He didn't mention any specifics It's got to be the power play When you go 0 for 8 on the power play with this team That is not good He says he's seen positive signs I, I don't know Exactly what they are I mean you can pull positive Out of any game no matter how bad it is, but um, I wouldn't blow that up into um, these are, are incredibly positive things and we can work on them. Avalanche have a lot, lot of work to do right now. So are there positive signs? Sure. Um, I would say the the issues are more glaring than what's positive. Um, and one of the issues, and he even touched on it, was they're trying to do too much Um I can't remember how he phrased it, but you know the, the puck was kind of skipping around on guys. Passes were just a touch too far in front or too far behind. So if they tighten things like that up, um, they'll be okay. Um, so getting to the broken stick issue, he he mentioned it. And even in his answer, it might be a little bit confusing to people. But um, if I can maybe try to, to clear this whole thing up. Um, so you're not allowed to challenge... A missed penalty. It would almost be like trying to challenge every penalty thrown in football. The game would take forever. You can't do that in hockey. So you cannot challenge what you think should have been a penalty. So, because of that, the Avs needed to challenge the, the missed stoppage of play, which is what they did. But a broken stick isn't a missed stoppage of play, it is a penalty, which again, you cannot challenge. So the as we're kind of in a no-win situation here. Um, because on top of that, broken stick is up to the interpretation of the ref. We always see a player take a slap shot or, uh, in this case, a puck rings off of his the shaft of the, of the stick and it breaks in half and they drop it and they run away. <clears throat> That's kind of what we're accustomed to. But if if a ref feels like the stick is not broken enough, or he doesn't really notice the the stick that's broken, like he did in this case. Um, they can allow them to continue playing with it. So, in in this case, it, it it I think in this case it happened so fast, and the stick wasn't visibly broken right off the bat, right off that shot from the blue line. That and then he, you know the rebound came, and then he backhanded it so quickly. I don't think the ref noticed. The stick was, was broken because it was still kind of intact at that point. Um, it was just a crazy series of events, and, and it's, it was not going to benefit Colorado, and it didn't. So you And, and Bednar kind of owns up to, to uh, challenging it. You almost have to, but you shouldn't have, if that makes any sense, because you knew you weren't going to win that. But you kind of have to, t- you you kind of have to take the chance, and and hopefully, you know, the interpretation of the rule, um, maybe there's something there, there's some gray area while they're reviewing it that it goes your, in your favor. But when you step back after it happened and, and really kind of like dig into the rule, it it, it couldn't happen. There they're avalanche were in a no-win situation, and it's just unfortunate. Um, it's going to happen. I'm sure at some point during the season we'll get one of those breaks. Um, hopefully it's in the Stanley Cup final. But you just you just can't do anything about it right now. It's a fluke play. Um, and let's, again, not kid ourselves. The Avalanche, we're not going to win that game whether or not that goal went in. I know that made it 3-1, to one, but the way the Avalanche have been playing – it that was not going to make or break them. It it would have it would have made made us feel better because it still would have kept the score at two to one. And I guess anything is possible, but it's 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 just rough going right now. And and that play happening is just the antithesis of that, of where the Avalanche are at right now. All right, so let's talk about the Thursday night game for a little bit, and uh, after the game we'll. Kind of dive deep into how it all went down. Hopefully, the Avs can stop this five-game skid and start some uh, winning streak. Uh, Nashville's coming to town, and Nashville has been a difficult ask uh, to, to defeat for any team for a few years now. Um, I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say that they are are a hot team, but they're playing exceptionally well. They are an offensive-minded team. I believe they are second in the league. Um, I'm pretty sure they're first in, in the Western Conference, and they're second in the league in goals for uh, trailing only Washington by a few goals. So um, they can put goals in the net so um, or pucks in the net. So the Avalanche really got to shore up that defense. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough game. Um, the good thing about this is... If the Avalanche can win this game outright in regulation, they're tied in points with Nashville at 20. So same thing like last year when the Avalanche were going through that awful period. They were still hanging tough and, and, and in the thick of things, and they still are. And they have that hot start to thank for it. So it happened, that hot start. We shouldn't apologize for it. Um, and And it's keeping us in the game right now. So if uh, the Avs can pull this one off, they're they're right back in the middle of it. Um, and I think they will be for the duration of the season. Uh, obviously, with Predators coming to town, that brings Matt Duchesne back into town. And I think every single time this man comes to Colorado from here on out, he should be given a standing ovation by the Pepsi Center crowd. I'm sure he will be. Not because he was a good avalanche player, but because he was the main focal point and the greatest trade in sports history not hockey history sports history Uh, he gave us the gift that keeps on giving and probably will for the foreseeable future so um the and i also kind of just want to mention the preds did come out where they're playing the winter classic game they did come out with their jerseys i always just liked seeing what these jerseys look like and i think the stars came out with theirs today too the stars i'm not crazy about i actually really like the predators uh, winter winter Classic jerseys If you haven't seen them Go check them out They're kind of cool um, Which makes me Think that If those were announced Might be a couple weeks Before the Avalanche Outdoor Stadium Series Jerseys Should be uh, Shown to the masses So we can all Spend our money On more Avalanche sweaters As if we don't Have enough So uh, That's it for Today Avs fans Let's hope uh, The Avs can get These two points In regulation Um, and that's it for now thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and once again here is my daughter Jovi
3: Go Abs go!